citizens of the verse today is june 8th 2951 and welcome to another episode of readcast we're a weekly star citizen podcast sponsored by the read organization i'm your host way too geeky and i'm joined by my co-hosts mr he'd do that for a dollar check off <laughs> say hello check off well that said you want what why would i do well, you do that for a dollar. Okay. Oh, no, sorry, not do that. You'd buy that for a dollar. Oh, that's yes. true, yeah. Yeah. And the Star Valkyrie pilot himself, Seaguard. <laughs> yes, six feet under Seaguard. <laughs> you check off, do you not reference do you not recognize that reference? Running man? Uh, no. Close. Robocop. I'd buy oh, that. Right. Right. Oh, I was okay, thinking it was okay, running okay. man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a that's a blast from the past. Well, in case people can't tell, Chekhov is enraptured in in hand to hand combat, and somehow I'm playing music right now. <laughs> he's in, he's in hand to hand combat. Third round yeah. with Snorkel. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I playing music still? <laughs> you know, this is good. It's like it reminds me of one of those movies. You know. When you say something like the background uh, tune comes on, I think, yeah. what was that? So this is a three-round fight so far, and Snorkel has really caught and check up by surprise. And they started in the in the uh, striking mode for the first round, and then soon went to the floor <laughs> with Snorkel. Snorkel took Chekhov down, and then we got into the beginning of the third round, and somehow a grenade got pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> haywire from there. It's been out well, I mean, so far. Chekhov's first, bringing fists to a grenade fight. No, no, That's no, the yeah. first part. First, first the knife came out, then the grenade came out. <laughs> he went from Mr. Stabby Stabby to Mr. Boom Boom. <laughs> he does that occasionally. He just like lobs a grenade down the deck of the ship. <laughs> Very odd. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some strange character traits, that snorkel. Good morning. Clink, clink, clink. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's impossible to fight on Daymar because the gravity is so light. Because you, you when you jump, you're kind of flying over each other. So we, we, we what, do you guys have, what do you guys have? Med bed access or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're oh, I was going to say. So we, we're like jousting in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, um, all right, we're ready. All joking aside, a... <laughs> it's a very serious episode. We're ready. Of, we need to cover a lot of stuff. Chekhov, I, I think, I think our listeners are are uh, going to get really excited by that joyous, rapturous laughter oh of yours. God. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! He just knocked me out. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Snorkel's tricky. <laughs> He's a tricky one. Well, he yeah, was... I, I was just concentrating on the podcast, talking to you guys. He sneaks up on my in blindsided me. <laughs> He's going to be really blindsided by the sniper rifle that I'm firing. <laughs> oh, are you on our server? Come on, yeah. Man. I'm almost at you guys. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> You'll um, enjoy the festivities. <laughs> I mean, he won't be too surprised because the big Garrick will be hauling me. Wait, 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 wait till we get inside the cave if you think this is funny. <laughs> oh, you guys aren't even in the cave yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, Seagard, what have you been up to this past week? <laughs> yeah. Listening to the re- uh, the re- redo of uh, the uh, professional boxing on TV and just watching Chekhov and Snorkel go at it. Uh, no, it, not too much. Um, been just been trying a little couple little things out. Nothing really fancy. Um, you know, nothing really of any importance. A little bit of hauling, a little bit of mining, and then we did the reset and uh, did a little more hauling. And uh, very little, not very much profit at all. In fact, I think I lost money, but oh well. Having yeah. fun. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you buy waste at a penny. For all those who didn't know, Seaguard um, was buying the um, commodities that uh, we see in the commodity alerts, and he was selling them and buying them from the the cheap sellers. <laughs> So he was losing money on his commodity sales. <laughs> yeah. Lesson number one, have your logistics guy know how to read a chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people thought it was really funny that the head of logistics was uh, <laughs> not doing so well <laughs> no, no. in the halls. <laughs> I did have zero credits the other day. Well, well, well no, actually, you could have sold for a penny profit, but the fuel that you would have burned there, whatever you would have burned about yeah. two, two cents to get there. Well, I crashed anyway. The, uh, the, the server crashed, and I lost it all anyway. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. I think I'm up to 20000 from doing the uh, th- that was actually bounty hunting thing. with you the other day, the, you guys. You realize that's the best thing that could have happened, because otherwise... <laughs> You, that would be one smelly ship by now. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, what about you, Chekhov, besides, you know, ultimate uh, fighting space style? Uh, a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, you know, just usual stuff, shopping, you know, uh, buying, you know, got a new outfit. Um what else? Just trying to think. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Should I leave my whole thing? I because I kind of had some uh, uh, things to say about the Invictus and how CIG sort of handled it, and it was funny because I was listening to a YouTuber, and kind of an idea came to me because he was kind of had the same opinion. It, they do a, I mean, he thought, and I also think a fairly poor job in attracting brand new. Uh, players to this game by sort of overwhelming them, uh, meaning there's no, you know, sort of just, you know, go grab a ship, download the game, you know, there's, and you kind of on your own go, go find the, whatever, the exhibit hall or, or go see the Invictus flying by or Javelin. It's almost like, uh, you know, they would have been better off if they would have set up maybe something like a, like a little shuttle, for example, right? Sort of a pseudo tutorial, right? So, when well, they have player. a guide system. Well, no, no, but I mean, I, you're right. But, and I don't mean like, I, I, I didn't know that, right? When I joined the game, there was a guide system. I'm, I'm they didn't have it when you joined. <laughs> oh, they didn't, really? Yeah. Okay. Because, well, again, I don't know how obvious it is, but to me, like, the first thing that you do, that literally you, you can't go anywhere without getting on the shuttle, Right and like sort of what they had on the inside Star Citizen. That's kind of yeah. the thought came to mind, and that takes you sort of around the verse 
that really gives you this first you get the whole guide this is you know stanton po this you know uh, all different planets all different stations you know and and the me as and as you're quantuming around maybe also explaining to you the basics of the ship and then letting you off at the ship station and and then and then you will have volunteer real players right during mm-hmm. the event not, not not npcs real players right that you will reward maybe with a ship right for doing it i don't know whatever sage you thinks but the real players lined up so when you get out get off the shuttle a real player takes you and now really guides you through the process <laughs> kind of there you know takes you on you know takes off with you first shows you the controls and so something like that so mm. that was okay. my kind of thought about the invictus and how make it more successful for brand new players yeah i mean it definitely could use a little a little work yeah for sure um because it, it there is just so much to know yeah it's extremely overwhelming I mean, like I said, I was, you know, I was struggling before I met Sigurd. I didn't know. To, I couldn't take, uh, you know, I couldn't get out of the hangar. I mean, literally. It's not like I was, <laughs> not like I was swimming with strong strokes. <laughs> yeah. But, but nonetheless, we could, you know. You, That's right. Hey, oh, you showed learned, me a lot of things. Together we learned that my, uh, my constellation, if you open the, uh, the cargo door with your... Your uh, power person out carrying a quantum drive, it falls out. It's not a good thing to do. <laughs> oh, goodness. I uh, I did mostly hauling myself uh, this past week. Um, didn't do a lot of it, but I did some. Not, not a ton, but uh, a little bit. You know, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, too crazy. Um, so I just realized that I'm not going to be very good at um, talking more about this until I get into. Let me just save my. The cave? Well, here. there's a compass um, red there if you venture inside the cave. And well, I while you're sh- doing that, we can, you know, we can always talk about what the org's been doing. So there's been a lot of activity oh, sure. this week. Mm-hmm. We've had almost every night, I think we've had, you know, it's, well, Sunday, Sunday, I think we were, what, 10 or 11 people at, at uh, by the time I got off at about 10 o'clock, we've had uh definite Australian detachment with, uh, with Boris and Homington have been on, and we've had uh, a whole slew of people. We did a bunch of bounty hunting and... Um, teamed up and bought a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, stuff to sell. Some were successful, some were not. There was some mining going on, but I think right now I'm not sure that mining is really as profitable as the bounty hunting. I think that's a big part of what our activity has been this week has been uh, bounty hunting. And it's been yeah. that way all the way, well, Monday and Tuesday. Today, it's typically probably got 10 guys still right now playing. Yeah, we actually were trying to take down the hammerheads with three, three buccaneers, and uh, yeah. um, it. Um, I think it's doable. Just gotta keep on trying. Yeah, the buck had so much firepower the other day. I mean, 
I, I was using a hammerhead with two cannons and the big cannon. Or not the hammerhead, the, uh, the hornet. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, wildfire. Yeah, wildfire version. And I could not take out that uh, Valkyrie. And you guys came in in like seconds. Yeah, no, it does stick to chips. Yeah, I just don't think I could generate enough um, damage against it consistently to knock down the shields. Um, And I'd certainly gone through all my ammo on my cannon, on my main gun. So... But yeah, yeah they, they and they pay really well. I mean, this these are eighty thousand yeah. AUC missions, so yeah. it's definitely yeah. worth doing them. All right, I'm definitely. never getting out of this cave with this well, suit on. Um, last week's ISC was pretty good. We we first learned about um, how what it took to get the bangle into the game from mm-hmm. Vindus. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and, and I think what was cool about it was just sort of like, you know, the differences that between what they need in Squadron versus the normal game, uh, you know, they um, they had out-of-date, tur- like, um, thrusters on the bangle. The turrets were all front-loaded, so they decided to move them around. And in order to save for performance, they actually went through and made um, essentially the AI turret module, which they'll be able to reuse again later. Um, for other things, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was a cool part. Then the second part, uh, as always, is always, if it's a sprint report, it's always pretty good. We got to look at um, UI sign improvements to allow more variety with different types of signage. We got another look at the gray cat armor coming out soon. We got to see um, some of the early prototypes of the hacking terminals. Um, mm-hmm. that we'll have with hacking gameplay. Those look really cool. Um, we got a look inside the Redeemer this time, showing off the habitation area, the remote turret. Um, they also showed off changes that they're going to be making for crew panels within the Connie, um, although the example that they showed had physical buttons while they said it was actually going to be touchscreen. Right. Um, we got a white box look at the Ares. We got a look at... as. Um, Chekhov mentioned the Crusader shuttle, which looks really awesome um, and will be used to move us around Orison. And we also got a look at different nighttime shots on Orison. Um, what did you think? Seagar, did you? Oh, I definitely am excited because the new Taurus, you know, the Taurus is going to come mm-hmm. out with a lot of that new capability. And I'm assuming the other Connies that I now have are going to get the same treatment simultaneously. So I was really I excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about the mining armor. Um, it's definitely different. I'm assuming it has some weather capability in it, but mm. I could be totally wrong. Um, I I mean, if it, I would imagine, hopefully it does. And I would also imagine that it, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, that it looks almost like the backpack's removable. Yeah, yeah. And it's not as bulky as the heavy version of the weather or the, you know, hot or cold armor, the mm. Novakovics or the um, Ember. Yeah. So I, I suspect those each have 40, 40% armor, co- you know, capability, I guess, reduction, damage reduction. Um, whereas I think these are probably going to be somewhere in the 30s. Uh, but I, I would hope that they have the weather capability. 
I think that'll mm. be I think that'll be a, a good thing. Yeah, I would I, I, I think so. Yeah, and then uh, you mentioned that shuttle. I had not seen. I had seen it um, when I watched it, but I didn't know mm. that was going to be part of it. It makes sense, and I thought it's a pretty cool concept. That's going to be pretty exciting. I think. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm looking forward. To, I'm sure they're going to show off. Like, I don't think it's just going to be pretty super linear flight either. You know, right. I'd imagine they'll zip around and do yep. some really cool stuff. Just like the trams um, and the trains. Yeah. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Well, I usually don't get overly excited about the uh, update because it's kind of expected stuff. But let me tell you, I'm really, really excited about the hacking game. Uh, I, I mean, game loops. I think that's going to be awesome. I mean, I generally love that kind of stuff and, and the video games that I played. So they bring it into the game the right way, I think has a, a lot of possibility. You know, mm. hacking, then delivering the info, you know, uh, there'll be, you know, some interesting possibilities, not only hacking as a standalone, but hacking with with some, uh, you know, fighting, because you're going to have to deliver it, protect it, pirating, you know, uh, coming after you. So, yeah, I can see a lot of cool stuff <clears throat> happening around the, the hacking gameplay. Yeah, yeah, it should be really interesting. Um, who knows if there's going to be any legal hacking missions, but we'll see, won't we? Right. Yeah, but it's all about like the MSR, right? You know, maybe you can uncover the information, then you need some processing power, which the MSR has. Oh, yeah. Sure. I would suspect you have to go hack the communications terminals to turn them off if you want to yeah. shut oh, down the <laughs> I, I'm hearing you. Not only I'm hearing you in the game. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, Are you hear me talking in game? Yeah, I said like, why? Why am I hearing Geeky twice? Like he sounds <laughs> different on a podcast. All of a sudden, I hear him in my right ear. It's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I gave you a warning shot. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. But that wasn't a warning. That hit. <laughs> Did it hit you? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I got a heavy armor. I see uh, Nick in front back. of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a great episode. I'm I'm super excited for Orison because you know it just looks super amazing, and the nighttime shots look good. It looks like it's going to be a really incredible um, place to travel to. Um. The Star Citizen Live this week, Chekhov was definitely not into. Um, and it was with Pedro Camacho, the composer of the game. Um, Don't you tell know, me you actually liked that one. I didn't watch it so much. I do like Pedro. He's super nice and like he's such a geeky. Um, one thing that they did say during the episode is that, um, you know, he saw Chris out. Yeah, um, to compose, and he he's composed a number of games before, but he sought Chris out after seeing the Kickstarter. His father was a gamer, mm. I guess, and he was close with his father. So, um, pretty cool stuff. But no, I don't have anything against you know him as a 
person or his ability as a composer. I just thought the subject, I mean, for, for, you know, talk about this for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think um, it would be more interesting if they maybe, oh, I just fell again. These caves. Um, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting if they also added in perhaps a, uh, um, a sneak peek of the music for Orison and Crusader, but mm-hmm. they didn't. So, well, I'll tell you what I thought about when I heard it, and I hope someone from CIG hears this because it was uh, hey. it popped into my head as I was listening oh, to man. the uh, discussion around Pedro, um, and you know the whole the whole show, but. Uh, I I was thinking about you know music for me one of the you know has always been big but one of the places I remember being just stunned by was a place called Salzburg in Bavaria and uh, it is it it's just it's where Mozart and everyone kind of worked from and Bach and Beethoven mm-hmm. they all had been there right um, and a lot of your um, you know the 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 ride of the Valkyrie style songs that, you know, those, yeah. uh, you know, those really themed you know, musicals came out of that area. Um, and that, and that time. And I was thinking that we don't have a place in Stanton that's music. Wouldn't it be cool to have an area of a city? It could be in Stanton. It could be somewhere else where players could just go in there and play their music that they develop in the game. Mm. And you go down there and you kind of listen to people who have generated music or even maybe even like uh, playing instruments, you know, their characters are playing instruments and they're really just playing in their own version of the instruments. Uh, you know, I really think Sigur, you would have enjoyed Second Life because that yeah. was, oh, yeah. it was all yeah, well, about that's that. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of the idea. I just think it's part of a city, right? Not everything is work. There's a certain amount of play, but there's also creativity and artistry and things that come out of a city. And I, uh, I think it's neat if people could do that. Um, down the road, we, down the road, but I'd love to see it. I mean, if we get keep on going down that path, we may never come out of the Matrix, you know? <laughs> we'll be disowned and divorced yeah. and everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my thought. I that's I enjoyed cool. it. I enjoyed it. Though. Um. Oh, there's. All right, we're, we're all stuck. Sorry, um, we're just in yeah. the cave, like with nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all stuck. Yeah. Well, I have right. a quick way out for you, Chekhov. Hang I on. know. I have a quick out for you too. It's green and glowing. <laughs> um. Well, this week is going to kick off Alien Week. Um, and so ISC is going to be all about the alien races and some of the info about them. And then um, Star Citizen Live is going to be one of those episodes with... Um, oh, my God. Uh, it's going to be essentially a game dev. Not your favorite checkoff, but still. And what? Which one? The you know it's going to be a game dev, so um, 
essentially. Chekhov murdered me, by the way. <laughs> you shot me first. It was so. Uh, you shot me first. <laughs> uh, well, but now I'm out. back in my Carrick. I know you're out at least, and I'm and still back. You guys aren't going to make it out of that cave oh, alive. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, uh, so the game dev they're going to talk about essentially you're, they're going to walk you through a um, uh, kind of a creation of an alien race in game, a fictional alien race. Now, what I don't know is do they mean that they're going to create a new alien race that they'll eventually create in game or are they saying fictional, like in like star citizen f- fiction, you know right. what I mean? A fictional author created. Yeah. yeah. Or something from say, a TV show. The aliens are already fictional in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So I don't know, but either way, it might be more interesting than the average game dev. Um, but I'm looking forward to Star Citizen, Inside Star Citizen, um, at the very least. Um, and then, you know, like I said, it's kicking off Alien Week. Uh, what are you guys hoping for out of Alien Week, Seaguard? Do you want to see uh, anything in particular? I um, I would like to see a, um, a not a starter ship, a, something about the size of maybe the Nomad for mm-hmm. aliens to do cargo trading in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the rumor is it's going to be that medium cargo hauler that they've referenced in. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would also like to see something, you know, asymmetrical, uh, maybe a little more vertical. Um, you know, we have a lot of things that are horizontal and, you know, the only one that's really not is the, uh, the MISC uh, Reliant series, right? Something along those lines would be kind of interesting. Um, and and another one is that um, I, I think I would like to see something that's a little more, re- it's reversed. In other words, everything right now we have has kind of the cockpit towards the front and the engines towards the back. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'd like to see them I don't want to see anything like that, but I would love to see a concept that kind of changes that paradigm around. And, um, you know, the, the, you're looking over the ship from the back of the ship and your engines are out in front of you, pulling you mm-hmm. along, right? Almost. Yeah. You know, a little, a little different. Uh, the Bandit Merchantman for a long time, I actually thought was, I always thought of it as the, the back is it was the front. That's what I always thought. Um, until much later on that I figured out, oh, it's actually, I've got it backwards. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, some kind of mining or some kind of transport vessel, it may be better to have a mining vessel, to be honest with you, given the state right now of, of transport. Mm. Mm. I just uh, somehow killed myself. Oh, I don't know. I was shooting well, grenades at you guys, and uh, for some reason they they hit me as if I was pointing the gun at myself. Mm-hmm. So I won't be doing that again. 
Um, I, I'm pretty excited. I think I think we'll probably see that Xi'an um, ship that that they mentioned. Um, so I guess we'll I guess we'll see, but should be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, but uh, yeah. So let's see. Let me go to my notes because I forgot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the other thing. I mean. I have to say, I think at least my guess is it feels like Evocati is right around the corner. I've kind of been thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yep. What I do you think so too. do? You think we're going to see any surprises with with uh, you know the next patch? Um. Uh, I I don't. I hope we get a better logistics capability. I hope we get better missions, something along the lines of bounty hunting. It's just I right mean, now. Any kind of non non PVP mission wouldn't be great. Yeah, but I mean, right now, you know, for a while it was mining, and now we're, and then it was mining and bounty hunting, and now it's we're kind of just back to bounty hunting. Um, I I think mining is still effective, but. The stability isn't there to allow you to really always get back. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and then there's also some bugs with once you do get your ship loaded with stuff that's refined, you either lose it on the way back to sell it or you can't sell it once you get there, right? The, the quantities just aren't sufficient. Um, the demand is just not there. Um, and these are, you know, our core, you know, 18, you know, area 18, our core um, alone is, you know, this is a planet covered in, mm. you know, in habitats and factories and, you know, loads of people to do, to use those and consume those things and factories to consume materials. You should be able to sell anything there. Yeah. Right. In large quantities. Prices may be low, but, but the, the, you know, it's, it should be able to sell it all the time. Yeah, I'm. I'm just hoping for stability. You know, it's just uh, uh, it to me. Like I, I'm not seeing thirty Ks, but I'm constantly crashing to desktop. Uh, so, uh, just I mean things like that, and I think uh, the, the whole sort of economy is a little bit out of whack right now. Uh, you know, it. Like Sigurd said, logistics. I think it's sort of like everything. It just, uh, you know, right now, if you want to get something in game, it takes a very, very long time, no matter what you're doing. So they they went sort of totally like the the pendulum sort of swung, totally in the opposite way. Like beginning of the year, it was just like free for all. We were able to get the, you know, who just shot me? Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, you could, use the rock. You. you could use the rock to get things. Yeah. And when it first use... came out and did the refinery, you could do quite a bit with the mining and yeah, refining. Yeah, we did uh, a bunch of different things. You could, you could, yeah. the, you could mine, then you do a little bounty, then, uh, you know, you, you did some cargo hauling. Right. It's just like, you know, you turn around. You know, week less than a week goes by, you have a million, all right. And then, but now it seems like I am like, you know, week goes by, I'm, I'm less than a hundred thousand. I don't know why. Yeah. 
So, I, you know, and and I can't remember. Um, I I do think they took some action to stop the the ability to sell something and buy something without landing. Like you could, you know, hover near the station and load up all your ships. Yeah, that's you know? the- I I think that's. I know they had to take some action against that because people were just getting crazy doing that. Um, well, and so I get that, but I, I do think we need to have something okay. more for logistics and exploration. You need the, you need incentive period. Other games yeah. you you level up, so yep. that's what keeps you coming back, right? Yeah. Snorkel just addiction. slipped my throat. Oh yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he he punched me out. He knocked me out with one punch. You know, so in this this game's version of leveling up is earning money, so you get rewarded by buying things, and that's what kind of keeps me coming back. And let me tell you, at some point, when you see that 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 carrot sort of becomes unattainable, you know, right. I honestly like I would look used to look forward every day to you know just you know get home and get you know in in the game. Now, let me tell you, I still do, but. I don't have the same enthusiasm, you know. Yeah. It's like, eh, take it or leave it. You know, if there's something better comes up, I'm not going to go in. Yeah, but, and then a lot has to do with the way the economy works right now. Right. The um, you know, and even even the missions that were out there before, where you could um, you could go find a ship that was wrecked and the crew was missing. You know, um, those are a lot of fun, and if you you know, if you took some boxes, you could actually make a little bit of money, right? It was, but it was a fun thing to do. Um, someone was talking about the Kovalex mission the other day, how much fun that was, you know, and it was, it, it was fun. Uh, all those things are kind of languishing, I think, a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit too much, but I know they got a lot to balance, so I'm not going to critique them too hard on it. Mm. All right, he's going to be coming after me. I just took him out. Is it time for science? Um, <laughs> well, I guess I guess I was curious. Just with Evo coming up, what do you think? You know, what are you most excited for in the next patch? I know it's definitely the Taurus and the up and the upcoming changes to the Connies. That's well, that's Snorkel's me. dead. Check off. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Check off. Oh. Shotgun shells. <laughs> oh, I'm out of bullets. Uh, I am too. The, it's the cuffs. It is. What am I looking for? Uh, with the. Uh, you mean with the alien week? No, we covered that. No, with three three fourteen. What are you most oh, excited? Oh, three fourteen ultra. Like I said, I'm just looking for the. Game to be stable. Did did someone else kill you? You did. I didn't kill you. Uh, could Maybe I just ran into your gun. I hit you with. Wow, uh, snorkels after me again. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just really excited for Crusader, to be honest. <laughs> Why do you think and that's that's three fourteen? I don't think that's three fourteen. It is. Oh well, yeah, for sure. Then see, I I miss. Sorry. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Crusader, and I, I think some of the changes coming with, you know, like the HUD and everything that were just announced and the, the power management changes will be cool. They will. 
He definitely the game is the game has gone a long way even in the last couple of months. I mean, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. hard to take in all the things that have been laid out, even though we yeah. were thinking it wasn't going to be a huge amount. But I guess the little things that they have put in have been noticeable. Uh, they're not little things. They're they're a lot of behind the scenes yeah. work. But they they've had more impact. You know, we were talking about the visuals the other day. So that type of stuff is, you know, I think we're gonna see some more of that and some leap leap frogging effects off of those capabilities now. Things will be starting to come alive a bit, bit more. Mm-hmm. Um even the um AI has been a little more active. I mean I had loads of them were walking around the other day with a purpose and um I like the new fire outfit that was in the or not the fireproof outfit, the uh the uh outfit for the smelters, the guys working down mm. in the uh, refinery. Uh, the reflective our aprons and the helmets with the neck guards and all that very cool stuff um, so i i I hope again like I said the Connie I'd love to see the Connies get brought up into where they you know from up to date I guess would be the term because they're really playing well right now we just haven't yeah. had that Taurus. Uh, which has always been kind of an open-ended thing. What's going to, how much can it carry? What's it going to do? And all those things. Yeah. Um, And I would, there's so much, there's so much similarity between the Connie and the Auroras. I would hope that maybe we get the Aurora, like fan ducks working for the Gravlev. um, Yeah. And better like on planet, especially since it's a little bit of a brick. Yeah, I and I, there's not so many modules on it because it's such a skeletal frame. I wonder mm. if we won't see some of the access panels maybe added to the Auroras and the Connies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any of that stuff is going to be cool just once they start adding those things. Yeah. Um, what I, I think... I don't know. I, I'm just super excited about it in general just because yeah. actually... To be quite honest, it also seems kind of fast because it feels like 313 just got here, mm-hmm. even though there wasn't that much in 313. Well, not surface stuff, but there was a fair amount on the backside. Yeah. I mean, the planet's got a huge update. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I think pretty, pretty good this year so far. A hundred percent, yeah. I agree. Um, so I think that finally does leave it. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah, I believe uh, it's time for science. You know, I was just, uh, before we go directly into science, I've, I'm watching the intro play over and over again at the Star Citizen site, and they have the sniper in the cave shoot the other guy in the head. Oh, yeah. We were and just all doing I can that. think of, if, <laughs> if that was our org, it would be Snorkel slitting Chekhov's throat and strapping a grenade to him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 A hundred percent. Snorkel is definitely the guy for us. So you say, we need you to go in there and you kind of break the glass, pull him out and say, go take care of that problem over there and 
come back later and everybody's dead. Right? It's, that's that's our guy. I can't believe it. Looks like he's ice skating uh, on, <laughs> on day one. I don't know how yeah. he figured that out. Yeah. I didn't do a lot this week for science. I did uh, a little bit. I um, A little bit. I took out my tank and stuff like that. Definitely, I ran into a lot of the problems around slipping and falling that a bunch of us were having. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely had that happen a bunch to me this week. And uh, I did try to go to sleep in the um, in one of my ships deliberately and see where I ended up. And the next day I ended up on one of the space stations and my ship was a grim hack. So that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and then I've been struggling with the logistics, the, uh, you know, that that system. Um, mm. And I understand it's preliminary, so. I'm just not that bright, so I had to. Someone had to tell me how to do it right. <laughs> Whoa! What just happened? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm standing there picking my inventory out. You just self-destruct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I took I took snorkel out with me. <laughs> oh, that is funny. I'm, I'm just looking at my choosing my next like weapon. I'm like a mile away from this ship. I said, "Boo!" Yeah, that was. He was about was to. I was sit. I was running around my ship trying to escape him, and then I was just standing there in the captain's de- office, just waiting for it to explode. And as soon as he uh, is about to walk in, kaboom! <laughs> oh wait, now I'm stuck. Oh no. I'm good. <clears throat> Uh, well, you, check I, off. I you did stuff for science, right? I think so, but I forgot to write it down. But I just found something recent and brand new you that I could what? be killed with one good punch because Snorkel took me out with one shot. I don't know how he did it, but he sneaked up on me from the back, one punch, no weapons, and I was dead. You sure he's not stabbing you? Uh, I thought it was a punch. Oh, maybe he did. I could, yeah. You know, you're right. It could have been a knife. I didn't see it. I thought it was a punch. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that kind of surprised me, right? You shouldn't really be dying from a punch, right? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's stabbing you to death. Mm. But All for right. some reason, you're dying from my stock, like when I hit you with the weapon stock. Yeah, that, right? That kills well, you. Yeah, you, you're definitely right. Exactly. You, you hit me with, well, that kind of makes sense, though. I mean, that's a heavy rifle. Yeah. And it definitely killed Snorkel, too. So it wasn't like, um, you know. So I guess we're doing this for science. What kills? <laughs> yeah. <there you go. laughs> that's right. What kills what? How you kill your teammate? Part uh, one. Um, what? So you can't remember anything you did for science, Chekhov? You said you had so many good things to share. No, they're all like little things, and um, they just—they're yeah, too trivial, almost. I, I can't say they're, they you know, it's not really science. It's more like bug, bug and stuff. Yeah, you know. uh, there, there is another thing I kind of noticed. I, you know, I use the Toby eye tracker, mm-hmm. and I'm so used to you know being able to look down and see the actual neck. Your, you know, your head typically on eye tracking pivots too far down and your face is looking down the neck of your body. Um, and I noticed that I could not do that with the Toby eye tracker. 
In fact, if I turned over my shoulder to look outside behind me on the right, let's say, my mm-hmm. entire torso, including my legs, would push to the left to give me the room to lean away from the seat. And the seat would become more and more visible as my shoulder slid out of the way to look over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's much more... Um, and it may be that the Toby eye tracker is allowing that to happen, but it also may be something they've done inside the modeling itself. I have so, no clue. Yeah. So if you turn your neck too far in real life, your shoulders have to move. Well, they're moving in the game the same way. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. That's pretty cool. I um, I can't say I did anything really for science with the exception of I was trying to uh, do the Laranite run and I heard that it could be fruitful and it looks like it looks like it's in fits and tantrums where like you could get it in bigger proportions like we were before, but you could also, you know, they, they could also have it um, out and, you know, so it feels a little bit more dynamic than before, um, but I guess we'll see. Um, okay, so that oh, brings yeah. us up. What's that, Chekhov? He, he just keeps on stabbing me. Who does? <laughs> Snorkel. <laughs> uh, now I know he is stabbing me. He just sneaks up on you all of a sudden, boom, you're dead. Yeah, he cut, he cut my throat. Oh, <laughs> He's pretty devious uh, with the the throat cutting. Um, So with that, we do have um, Seaguard's question, a.k.a. Badger's question. Correct. And he asked, what does CIG need to do in order to make turrets viable? And so unfortunately... Badger was also the only person who answered his own question, but we can answer on the podcast as well because I have I certainly have opinions there. Um, and what he said, once I get off the tram here in New Babbage, I will go back to my notes. <laughs> it's apparently snack time for Chekhov. Oh, you heard that, sorry. <laughs> bang, bang. Oh, yeah. uh, it's like living next to a rodent. <laughs> I, I got hungry. I got stabbed so many times. You, know? <laughs> you can only take so many stabbings before you need to eat, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's healthy. It's dark chocolate. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, so uh, what Badger had said is, my problem with turrets on small ships is that the pilot tends to have better or equal weaponry than the turret. For example, uh, the Hurricane can have two fixed-size four weapons for the pilot, giving him or her stronger weapons with greater range. Oh, that's right. It's not just turrets. It's turrets on, like, two-seaters was the main focus. Um, And so... Uh, He was saying, for example, the Hurricane can have two fixed size four weapons for the pilot, giving him or her stronger weapons with greater range. The new Scorpius appears to have the firepower evenly split between the pilot and the turret. 
The problem with the smaller agile ships is that it's not in the best interest of the pilot to maintain a steady flight in order to concentrate the turret weapons. The turret gunner ends up operating what amounts to fixed weapons while they're trying to compensate for the pilot's actions. Imagine being a pilot trying to aim fixed weapons while the ship randomly moves every time you get on target. My solution would be to upgrade the turret guns to a larger size uh, than what the pilot has available. This would allow the gunner to target ships at greater distance while the pilot actively orients the, the turret uh, to the target and is not trying to evade target the enemy. I'd also recommend the gimbal mode to be added to the turret to help the gunner stay on target as they move in close. Um, what I mean, what do you feel about this, uh, Mr. Seaguard? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he, he is correct in how it's being utilized right now in the game. And uh, him and I actually we did a little talking on this. And uh, but so the few times that's been tried in real life. Uh, especially in World War II, they put a big turret on the back of a smaller airplane and put a guy back there with four guns and let him go at it. It did terribly. Um, there's very mm -hmm. few exceptions, except for like night fighters um, and things like that. And they turned out to be much bigger than a standard fighter. Like, you know, something the size of, let's say, a, uh, um, uh, what is it? A Aegis Vanguard. Right, mm -hmm. it's, it's it's one of those bigger ship. Oh, yeah, warden, uh, like the Vanguard warden. Is that it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, it's a big ship like that. And in World War Two, it would have been something like the the night fighter uh, called the I guess the Black Widow was the name of it, but it was about the size of a B twenty five bomber. It just got rid of everything except for you know four fifties and a special turret, and it was a much thinner aircraft, same engine, so and big wings and. It, it just wasn't agile. Um, but anything it hit that was lightly armored, like a light fighter, just fell apart. I mean, it, mm -hmm. you know, or a bomber, it just came apart. Um, and they flew kind of almost below or side on to the enemy so they could use those guns to rape the enemy. And that was kind of the the idea. The, the other one was the Bolton Paul Defiant, or, yeah, Bolton Paul Defiant from about the Battle of Britain era. Um, but they, they had their limited abilities, but right now a light fighter is pretty capable of fighting, right? It, it's, you know, especially like the arrow, it's firepower is mm. very, very good. Um, even though they're small weapons or size one, it's, it's got a bunch of them. Um, yeah. other, other ships like the super Hornet have about the same, and then it has a turret, which you can use from the pilot's position. Um, yeah, which makes it really valuable as a single seater, not so much as a double seater. Where you struggle is you get into the hurricanes. Um, the hurricane, I think, used to have more firepower at the front, um, and I thought it had the same guns up front for the pilot as it did in the turrets. But there were just four in the back in the turret and two up front. Um, but it's not a really good fighter. Because he's right, the crews aren't coordinated. Yeah. So I don't know if it's um, I don't know if it's so much a problem of design, but I think fixing it um, 
could lead to power creep immensely. I would almost say take some of those ships and back other ships down, back down their firepower, right? Um, so that things like the uh, the saber, this one will get me hated by the world. Well, let's say the saber has four size, what, threes, I think, in the nose, or size twos, and then it has a size three or four in the nose. Um, it's very heavily armed. Well, that, that compared to a hornet or a hurricane is much more effective, even though the, the hurricane has bigger guns. So I yeah. think they have to look at um, they have to look at it not so much increasing firepower, but decreasing the effectiveness of some of the fighters to a more balanced level. Um, a medium fighter should generally be able to beat the snot out of a of a light fighter. A heavy fighter should be able to beat the snot out of a medium fighter. Generally, um, you know. Pilot skills should make a difference. And then these unique ships should have some ability to um, cause some damage to guys who are attacking them as well as when they attack. Um, like the uh, Gladiator, for example, is great missile load, but it has virtually just terrible guns. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would change the Gladiator or just make it more and make some of the other ships hunting it less capable i guess that really that i think i think a lot of that is going to come down to how well they balance it you know right and, and how it how it plays off of other ships right because you know if it's 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 not so much i mean yes they have their own challenges right but i feel as though it's really in relationship to other ships that the main challenges exist. And so There's, if you figure out a way to deal with that. Absolutely. I mean, you could take a hurricane and do running passes at a, let's say a, um, a hammerhead and it would be mm -hmm. a pretty effective ship, but you put yeah. it against a saber and it's just going to get its lunch eaten. You put it against an arrow. It's going to get its lunch eaten. It just cannot track those targets. Yeah. He just doesn't have that ability. Yeah, it's it's challenging to say the least. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing too is, and I think this is why the distinction in the question is, with bigger ships, the pilot might be incentivized to just fly to enable the gunners. You know, like even you know my go-to fave, the Carrick. Um, you know, the pilot's probably going to stay moving in the same um, direction. And they're just going to enable the um, the gunners to defend the ship. Because let's face it, the, the reason why a Carrick is shooting is only to keep people off of them. You know, it's not, not to do anything else. So, right. Well, do you feel that... Do you feel right now that like cannons, you know, let's take a ship that has cannons and let's, you know, do you think it can actively suppress an enemy shields where it can do some damage given its rate of fire? I don't think cannons do that well. And I do mean this like the last cannons in particular. I think they mm. fire too slow. 
and you don't hit often enough to keep those shields even weak. They're always re-spooling faster than you can cause damage. Yeah. So a lot of our solutions are about amount of damage you can get in one shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I look at... I always end up changing the uh, my loadout so that it's... Um, like rhinos instead of the the slow oh, size fours, with thirty k, yeah. And and uh, another thing, you know, another thing for me, which is kind of odd, is that aircraft, like aircraft in general, and especially in modern days, come with a set armament on them. It was really set in World War Two. It was definitely this way. If you got a P forty seven, you got you know four fifty cows on each wing, and that was what you got. And that was a massive amount of firepower. If you got a yeah. Spitfire, you got three thirties on each wing, and then a twenty millimeter cannon through the, or maybe um, you know later on you'd get a twenty millimeter cannon in each wing. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't just go out there and rip off the twenty millimeter cannon and strap on, you know, four Gatling guns and this, that, and the other, because you jeopardize the airframe. And I would really have liked to have seen more of the loadouts fixed on ships yeah, and very little, little of it customizable initially, but letting science be the way that you can alter your ship to change those loadouts. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that sounds interesting, especially because they have like some of those things with the Endeavor. Right. Right. And, and uh, you know, modern, if you hear a multi-role fighter, it's expensive because it's equipped with every bit of capability it needs to do multiple roles. Air to air, ground to air, you know, uh, precision strike, night fighting, all weather. Um, it has all this equipment built into it. Mm-hmm. And they give it multiple combinations of weapons packages it can load. It can carry, instead of, you know, it has one gun, basically, but then it has, you know, 12 missiles or two missiles and two bombs or one big bomb and two small bombs and two missiles. And, and those are the packages you can use. They're, they're, they're multi-role because they can have multiple loadouts. Yeah. Um, and a dedicated air-to-air guy like the F-15, he just carries all air-to-air missiles. He carries, you know, four long-range, four medium, and... Uh, I guess it's I guess it's it's uh, four, four, and four, twelve missiles total. Yeah, I think it's something. I think that's what it is. I think it's four, four, and four for a total of twelve missiles. But four of them are long range, four of them are medium, and four of them are short. And he has a gun, but he can't go slap on a you know laser guided precision bomb on the wing and go drop it. He doesn't have that ability. Yeah. Um, but he's also the best air fighter you know at the time, undefeated. Um, so I would love to see things like, let's say, the the Saber, dedicated air-to-air, equip it that way. Take the Hornet and make it a multi-role airplane. Maybe it's not as good at dogfighting as the Saber, but it's going to do pretty good. But it can definitely drop air-to-ground missiles and bombs and, you know, it can uh, do other things, right? Um, yeah. I think those factors would make a big difference in how player versus player and player versus um, environment works, PVE works. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about you, Chekhov? <laughs> mm. 
Well, you know me. I mean, the Buccaneer is still the best yeah. fighter in the game. I mean, it'll take out with a good pilot. They'll pretty much take out anything out there. But the, um, yeah, I, I was just uh, looking at speed. And we were like, uh, my one of my favorite ships was 350R, which is very fast, got size three weapons on. But then you say, it's sort of like what Nick said, you know, rock, paper, scissor. You know, the, uh, then you look at the hull, and the hull is extremely thin, right? So, you know, is it really a fighter? Yeah, could be. Then you got to start looking at the roll speed. You're a bitch. Uh, I mean, there's so many things, it, and that's what makes this game so exciting because now the, the capacitor play is going to come in. I mean, this is just uh, a bunch of stuff to consider. Uh, it... Um, it's just every ship has something to offer. And um, I, I personally enjoy light fighters. I just don't like uh, heavy fighters because I think speed really has a lot to do with with your ability to, to fight. Uh, just like, uh, I mean, Sentinel kind of looked good uh, for a while there, but it doesn't do much for me. It just really, I mean... I, I get annihilated in a Sentinel, where in the Buck yeah. I can stay out there for a long time, almost against anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't have much to say, with the exception of, uh, you know, um, I can't. Uh, I I hope they make it. I, I'm sure they will balance it in a way that makes sense, and I hope they do so that people can play their preferred play style. Cause I think yeah. playing in a turret should be fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the best we well, can do, I guess. Yeah, you know, one thing I should, should add, I think again, all turrets should have ability. I, I would love it. I mean, again, my personal preference, if they all would have ability to be slave to the pilot, you know, then that would be great. This would, because, I don't always have a, a uh, uh, you know, a body to take with me to mend the turret, and yeah, and th- that's part of the problem. Now, when of course when NPC gameplay comes around and we're able to sort of hire an NPC to mend the turret, that's a whole different ball game. Then all the turret planes will become uh, quite a bit more attractive because right yeah. now I have a turret and a sentinel, so it never gets used. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, wonder I, I, would, I wonder why they can't put an AI in every ship with a turret. Um, you should be able to if there's a computer blade. Well, I'm saying even in game right now, right? You can't hire a guy, but um, but you know, if you buy a ship that has, let's say, you know, a turret. It would be nice to have two gunners that could, you know, or like the constellation. It'd be nice to have two guys actually in the turrets. I don't care if they get out, but at least they can shoot if no one's in there, right? Yeah. <clears throat> if no one else is on the ship with me. But. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about this. This made me think of not. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about the whole turret thing but what it really also made me think about because i've been thinking about this lately where um the you know we keep talking about 
oh, well, what's going to be the purpose for all of these ships? You know, these bigger ships. Are we ever going to get enough crew or whatever? And the more I think about it, I was watching, um, I was rewatching the Citizen Con uh, 2949, where, where where they first mm-hmm. introduced the Carrick and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, the, the one that looked even like kind of, it was chunkier and they didn't finish the LODs on it or anything. Right. Um, but you know, they kept, you know, they were, this is where they were talking a lot about the player actor status system and everything. And then personalized inventory or individual inventory and everything. I'm like, Oh, that's right. Every time I have to keep coming back to, you're going to need bigger ships because you're not going to be able to carry all the potential stuff that you might need for a given mission. You, that is correct. And then I just keep going back to it and I'm like, Oh, that's right. You are going to be very limited. You can't fly a fighter ship and have heavy armor. So you have to decide light armor, fighter ship, heavy armor, bigger ship that you can stow the armor. Um, So like it all, it also makes me think of, well, that'll make the cutty more interesting because it has lockers. It'll Mm -hmm. make, you know, anything with an internal, area more interesting yeah um yeah so good stuff uh seagard do you have a question for this week um i had one in my head and you didn't write it down no i had one in my head i've been kind of running out of ideas because i didn't really want to pester anyone uh with silly ideas um Well, I guess I guess we could posit just more more plainly. I I guess two things um, that are kind of pertinent this week. One, what are you hoping? What about you, audience? What are you hoping to see out of Alien Week? And two, what are you most excited about for three fourteen? Yeah, are those good ones? I know they're basic. They're not. They're not as uh, involved. Yeah. Yeah. The one I was gonna. I was the one I was thinking about. Maybe you want to consider this one. Is you know we have a lot of people who do like logistics out there. Um, There's how does anyone feel about and and I guess this would apply to engineering and um, and and science also. Would anyone be excited about having convoys that you have to drive you know and having something like the ballista with a with instead of missiles on the back have like a uh, crew habitation and um, equipment set up in the back of it so you could go out for an extended period of time and and uh, discover things and mine things and then haul them back uh, or in logistics maybe just haul items between two points in a convoy, right? Um, would anyone be excited in seeing something like the ballista but as a ground vehicle? And would you be interested in ground convoys or ground explorations? Um, just to clarify, you said the ballista and then as a ground vehicle, but you mean a non-combat oriented vehicle? Correct. Correct. Okay. 
Yeah, like a semi-tractor trailer, off-road semi-tractor trailer. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Let's keep it. How do we feel about ground-based convoys? Is that something you'd be interested in? Um, So now, speaking of questions, it's time for our Q&A section. Um, First question on Discord comes from Hobbit Dad, and I can't remember who's Hobbit Dad again in our discord it's not now you are is it nyar no no it's not because nyar shows up as nyar in ours i can't i always cross him it's not badger anyway oh it's um homington is it Who's who's going to new zealand for vacation uh i thought that was oh is it boris Hmm. It doesn't matter. Hobbit Dad. Hobbit Dad it is. I think it is. I'm sorry, whoever it is, I keep forgetting. I think it's Boris. I think it's I Boris. I think it is Boris. Anyway, he's, he says, Hi, gents. CIG has stated that when physicalized damage is brought into the game, ships will be far less likely to explode, but will instead leave the ship disabled and the pilot and or crew scrambling to repair and defend the disabled ship. In terms of smaller ships without viable escape vehicles, do you expect that this will ruin typical solo gameplay and basically force player interaction to call for a rescue? Or do you think CIG will leave a backspace type option to avoid players needing to just wait to suffocate in space? What do you think, Seaguard? Will the backspace be a thing? I don't think so. I think it needs to be the rescue. I think it's going to, you know, I think it's going to be a rescue and I think it's going to be send out a beacon and some people will come up and say, Hey, you're going to have, I'm going to have to charge you maybe to salvage your ship or something. Mm-hmm. Um, others are going to be able to tow you back using the, you know, the tow truck ship that we have coming down the pipeline. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I think making a mistake and being stuck out there for a little while for someone to get you until you die is uh, is a deterrent to just backspacing. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I think you should feel the pain of making the mistake a little bit. Yeah, what what do you think, Chekhov? Um, yeah, I think I'm with Sigurd. I think it's you're gonna have to do somebody f- for hire. You know. Yeah, that's for sure. I I agree too. Well, also don't forget, um, putting out a beacon doesn't necessarily mean it's a player who comes to get you. Correct. Could be an NPC. NPC. Mm-hmm. Could be um, a pirate. So, could be yeah. a pirate. Although if if it, if your beacon's being picked up, then you're on comrades. Yeah, I would like to see it somewhat in the in the in the vein that. Basically, if you know, if you're not on your final life, you know this is you know one of your early lives. Let's say you eventually pass out, or you can go to sleep, and uh, you can wake up in a hospital, having been yeah. rescued and having to pay some kind of fee. That way, if someone does come and rescue you, they can't just say, "Hey, I want all your money," or "I'm not going to rescue you." Right? Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get picked up for a set amount. Let's say it's thirty thousand credits or something. Right. You also might be able to repair your ship enough with, like, I can imagine you being able to scrape your hole to repair a component. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, too. 
<laughs> like maybe who knows yeah i guess we'll see i i agree too though i don't think they'll leave the backspace i think that's too it it ruins a small little piece of the sort of like economy loop which is rescue search and rescue yeah um and and we know how impatient players are so most people will just backspace unless unless that that penalty is too severe right but mm-hmm. i think i think not i think they'll, they'll you'll have to be rescued um next question also from discord comes to us from mg our our grecian friend mm-hmm. um and he says yeah he says the uh, first implementation of the dynamic economy was nice. Um, and I believe he's referencing the, you know, the uh, commodity alerts. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but I believe that something is missing. There should also be cargo missions where you'll be able to agree and lock the price in advance. What do you think about that? Well, Seagard, what are your thoughts? Hi. I agree with that, um, and I think that comes in two flavors. One is the price that you're going to pay for the cargo. You're going to lock the price. Um, and then I think that there's also the piece where you lock the price for the service. You negotiate. In other words, I'll carry it for you, but I won't, I won't buy it. You can pay me less. If you want to buy it and fill my Caterpillar, I'll do it for less money. I'll just drive it there and insure it um, versus pre-negotiating the price, locking it in, picking it up with your own money, bearing the burden on yourself. So I think, I think he is absolutely on spot with that locking it in early. That yeah. will happen. Yeah. What about, what do you think uh checkoff? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was uh, <laughs> I was watching. I'm standing at PO and looking at the fireworks. Uh, can you repeat it, please? Oh, um, essentially, something's missing from the dynamic economy. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. He's asking. Right. Well, to me, this wasn't even. Uh, I I couldn't even call it dynamic economy. What we saw, it was just. Uh, I mean, maybe sort of a concept can can even say it's a proof of concept uh oh my god flavish ship just got blown up on the deck uh yeah the, the, you know and plus it uh, i think it uh sort of failed you know if you ask me they they need to go back to the drawing board uh whatever they did didn't really work yeah you know that's kind well, of my I think it was just an early test, to be quite honest. I don't think it was anything, you know, that you had to assume is going to be the the end-all, be-all of the game. Um, I agree. I think I think that's where they're going to head towards is more contract-based versus, you know, a hauler isn't a merchant. A merchant right. buys goods and and commissions a hauler to move goods the 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 truck driver usually isn't the person buying the goods that they're delivering so i think i think they'll move more towards that in a mission-based scenario with a guild and everything and 
and the better the yeah. the better the rep, the better the opportunity and all that stuff. And it'll involve how quickly you're able to do it without damaging goods. Um, and then that yeah. I think that'll introduce the risk versus reward of what um, shipping lane you use. Right. Because you can do it really fast, but you could get hit by pirates. And then mm-hmm. you could lose rep with, um, you know, your benefactor or whoever. Yeah. So cool. Um, Good question. And then our final, yeah, it's a great question, MG. Um, not that they aren't all great. <laughs> our final question is via email, and it's um, from our other regular emailer, or semi-regular, uh, Kilgore. Ah, uh, so he says, what up space nerds and check off. <laughs> uh, I'm taking a long break from star citizen and life to bicycle from coast to coast. Really? And I'm partially relying on you lot to keep me informed and entertain. So don't let me down. All right. Oh, um, see, he's really my, but I just have to say that that was one of my favorite activities when I was much younger. I did, but used to bicycle and, and bring all my camp gear, you know, 70 miles a day, right into the woods, you know, camp out. So all the props to you. Best of luck. I mean, yeah, this good is, luck. Absolutely. Great safe. adventure. You know, send going pictures. coast to coast is, is not an easy, easy feat. You know, yeah, that's, send that's pictures. Where... Definitely we, send pictures. And snorkels in there keeping the business going in the prison. So don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> from all his shankings <laughs> um so his question is you all know me as a quasi troll pirate type but i wanted to get your thoughts on what is to me the pinnacle of space simulator gameplay loops commercial flights often when i'm flying over aberdeen for hours looking for seaguard and his rock I find myself daydreaming about loading up a Starliner with NPC passengers and taking them from spaceport to spaceport, commercial commercial airline pilot style. Have any of you, in your years of following all the announcements from CIG, heard anything about the future of commercial flights? How do you think the existing commercial terminals at the spaceports will be used in the future it seems like some of the smaller ships will be limited in their ability to engage in long multi-system trips will players be able to buy tickets hijackings will the commercial terminals act as fast travel locations if we're ever given the opportunity to do something like this i'd hang up the jolly roger for good and commit to being a glorified bus driver for the duration of my star citizen career. Uh, Seagard, what do you think? Yeah, I absolutely. And I've been playing for a long time and listening to different, you know, pieces from CIG for many, many years. And I actually have the Crusader Starliner. So I'm kind of a, I play flight sims on the side and I like flying airliners and stuff like that too. So I think it'll be fun when they do it. I've hung on to it all this time um, in one form or another in packs. Um, and I do think it's going to work. I think it's going to be a, a reasonably profitable way to make a living uh, working for one of the space lines. Um, and I think that um there's a couple ships that would be useful in this role. The Crusader Starliner is one. The next ones are things like the Phoenix, 
right? They're a little mm-hmm. bit more luxury. You can transport a few people at a time um, in a little little more upscale uh, environment, a little more. And also some characters who may not want to be seen traveling. People, they don't want people to know where they are. Celebrities or gangsters or whatever you want. Um, and then you have the 600i and even the 890 jump, right? 890 yep. jumping almost along the lines of a small uh, ocean liner uh, kind of yacht thing. Uh, so I think all of those are going to be very practical. Um, I think that you, we've now seen the docking capability, uh, which has very much the feeling of uh, boarding an ocean liner. And I, I know that we already see some of the terminals having stations in there for, you know, galactic space lines and uh, things mm-hmm. like that marked out. So I think it's coming. Um, I don't think it'll just be the Crusader. I do think it'll be some of the other ships. Yeah. Okay. What do you what do you think, Chekhov? Uh, I think that's probably correct. I agree with Sigurd. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, and he also asked about uh, hijackings and pirates and stuff like that. Absolutely, one hundred percent, that's going to be a threat. There's no doubt about it. That's yeah. stuff you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, I feel like that's it's all the same thing, right? Like logistics is moving um, commodities. In, instead, these commercial flights will be moving NPCs and players, I'm right. sure, at some point, too. The terminals, I don't think, will be fast travel locations. I think they're going to allow you to buy tickets on a commercial flight. So if you're someone who has a small ship and, and you need to get from one system to another, you might have to pay to have your ship moved from one system to another, and you might have to take a commercial flight um, to get right. there. Correct. Right. So this is the reason why you want to be part of an org or part of a fleet because they can help move those ships like a Kraken can help move ships. I'm sure there'll be ships that are non-military that will move ships as well. Um, I also think the way that they've talked about it in the past, and I don't know if this is how they're going to do it in the future, but the in addition to the actual flying and making sure you're taking safe travel routes in order to um, not get hijacked, or if you take another route, you know, you, you're accompanied by um, someone you hire to protect you. The other thing that they mentioned is even on the Starliner, there's going to be gameplay for the M, you know, for the fact that like you have to hire good NPCs who are going to take care of your guests. Um, right. They mentioned like, you know, almost like that they have to feed your guests and and do all that stuff within a reasonable amount of time. And you can see that that functionality is there on the 890 um, with the whole mess hall and every, or not mess hall, but the, there's the dining room um, and then the executive dining room. Um, But I think you'll see that also on the Genesis. I don't know if you'll have to do it yourself, but it might be sort of like, Oh, you'll command a higher price if you have NPCs who, essentially serve food on the trip or whatever. Um, or maybe you can have players do it um, where it might be like a little mini game or something. Um, but I do think before they had also mentioned you go up to the terminal, you set your price. I think instead what will happen is 
an area where there might not be as many commercial flights leaving out of, the price will go up and so it'll attract more commercial flight pilots. And what you're trying to do is maximize your trips in between stations. You know, so there's definitely a viable career in in your future, Kilgore, unless that's all you're saying. And then you're um, then you're really just saying it so you could pirate everyone who's on the ship. (laughs) <laughs> you've just been hijacked <laughs> yeah. I, but, do think, uh, I do think there's also going to be a lot of gameplay around those ships because maintenance is going to be a big factor right yep. I mean, your reputation the more people you haul in the higher quality with less issue the better your reputation is going to be yep. um, and there's certainly you know the appearance of your ship you know, there's one thing to get on a millennial fa- Millennium Falcon and go, oh, what a piece of junk, and then find it has good motors in it, uh, yeah. to getting on, you know, arguably, which are some of the most modern aircraft in the sky right now, are airliners. They're yeah. extremely modern. Um, top-notch navigational technique, you know, tools yeah. and, and communications capabilities. So I think it's going to be – in fact, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be interesting. I, I bet it'll be one of the last gameplay loops, you know, because yeah, I feel like this is going to be cross system, not in system. So, but I guess we shall see. Uh, so, if you have any questions, um, or if you have any thoughts, you know, you, you want to answer one of our questions, <clears throat> you did something in the name of science. Feel free to submit any of that to uh, us through one of many ways. You can email us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc. You could send us a message through Anchor. Um, you could join our Readcast Discord and, and answer questions or ask questions there. Or you can text or, or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154, which is a Google Voice number in case anyone's wondering. Um you know, also don't forget if you are looking to explore the verse with a crew um, that is respectful, law abiding, you know, pretty much fun and, and interesting as you hopefully you you find through listening to us, um, then take a look at Reed. It stands for Research and Engineering through Exploration and Discovery. Uh, we also have a number of content creators um, in the org, so don't forget to watch Earth's videos on YouTube. Or listen to the music um, being put out by Admiral Cody and Calibri, uh, who also did, did the music for this episode. And that, my dear friends, wraps up another episode of Readcast. So thank you, fellow citizens, for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. And I'm on my way to prison. <laughs> <laughs> a long story. So I, I took off and snorkels because I got sick of being killed. I feel so like this I, is what we should be doing. I, I, took, I took his cutting uh, uh, and then I crashed it into Pio. Then I snuck back into his tanner and then he doesn't realize why he's being shot at by the station. Then he turns to me and says, Oh my God, you have a crime status. And yeah. <laughs> so now I'm EVAing to, but but he lost his quantum drive. So I'm EVAing. Oh wait, they took off. They just took off on me. Oh my god. Uh, all right, they took off without me. Oh well, I'm stranded <laughs> in space. <laughs>
Oh, come on. Uh, oh, they're coming back. They just realized. Yeah, they're supposed to take you to Grimax. They should see if you can wow, hang this, on to the front of the ship and just... This is like comedy of errors. Now, Quantum Drive with you sticking to the front of the ship. Yeah, and there's Flavius in his buck. <laughs> well, guys, thanks again, everyone, for listening. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and on that note, good night. Good night.